Welcome to Thriving Your Love, a podcast where we will guide and help you improve your most precious relationships in life. This podcast is produced and hosted by certified emotionally focused therapist, Claudio Vargas Silva, licensed marriage and family therapist, and Trisha Kim Walsh, also licensed marriage and family therapist. Welcome back listeners. It's great to have you here. Today, we're going to talk about a very important topic that impacts everyone, and that is shame. And shame has an enormous influence on the way we feel about ourselves and our self-worth and our self-compassion and our self, self-esteem, Claudio. And I'm really glad today we can talk about the influences also of how shame drives connection. It can also disconnect between children and parents, teenagers and parents, and lovers, partners to feel close and to feel safe. Yeah, it's very important to see how we start feeling shame because it it starts with relationships and with the most important people in our lives. For some reason, children, they have this kind of magical thinking. They think that everything that happens is because of them. And in many cases, they see this in a negative way. Like, for example, if I don't feel connected to my caretaker, that means that there's something wrong about me. That means that maybe my my caretaker doesn't love me or I'm not important in my caretaker's eyes. And it happens because of me, because there's something wrong about me. Usually children think that they are the ones to blame. It is very dangerous from attachment perspective to blame the caretaker because children they depend on their caretakers right so that means that they always look into themselves and thinking well this here is happening because i am not good enough right and I'm reminded again and again how children are in a child's body and in a child's mind that developmentally, their entire world, Claudio, is their parents or their caretakers. And they learn about who they are through the eyes of their parents. So their self-worth is contingent on translating the meaning of their world through what their parents, caretakers identify as worthy and unworthy. I want to recommend following Dr. Brene Brown's incredible work around shame and vulnerability. For our listeners, she's known for her most frequently watched TED Talk of all time called The Power of Vulnerability. And it's a reminder of how at such an early part of our lives, we have two guiding emotions, shame and guilt. And the difference between shame and guilt, shame is I am bad versus guilt is I did something bad. And so it's really important for children to learn and understand that because we're learning and children at an early age are trying new things and discovering, constantly making meaning and in the process making mistakes but part of making mistakes is the human experience and evolution however when there's 
there's a message from a caretaker that what you did was bad and a child internalizes it as I am bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, we see that there are some, some ways in which a child might develop shame. And also something that is confusing is that these feelings that are developed in our early years, they are underground and we are not aware of them. So in therapy, we try to uncover those things. We try to bring them to the surface. And many times people are afraid of looking at those things because they really fear finding out what happens inside of them. They learned to be afraid of their emotions and they try everything. They can't not to see them because they think that they cannot handle them. Although this would be total freedom if they could. I personally, after doing a lot to find out about my emotions, I realized that this is an adventure and I love doing this. So when I meditate, when I have therapy, I think, well, this is an, an adventure right now into my emotions and, and finding them out. But the thing is that many times they are they're underground and we feel bad. And when we feel the shame, usually we have anger and we also try to hide because we're feeling that. And we don't know what is happening there. And this is why we are talking here. But I would say that there are some ways that we feel ashamed. And the most important is when we don't feel connected. Like, for example, a, a child doesn't feel connected to the parent. A child feels that the parent is unaccessible, is unresponsive. My mom is not looking at me. My mom is looking at her cell phone. Well, my parents are talking to each other or they are talking to my sibling and I'm here alone. I'm not worthy of their attention. I'm really not important. So that's what I said, the magical thinking, right? It's not the parent is, is busy or maybe the parent doesn't know how to connect to the child. There are several reasons that might happen. There is a new baby or there is a child that is sick. The parents cannot give attention to this child, but this child thinks, cannot see that there is another reason. The child thinks, no, it's me, it's because I'm unworthy. Other thing you said, when there is criticism from the parents, and parents many times they criticize because they want their children to be better, and sometimes there is punishment, and sometimes there is even like anger towards the child, and the child thinks, well, yes, I'm flawed. And I think that my parents cannot love me because I have this thing that my parent doesn't like. And that's the difference between shame and guilt because the child feels guilt. It's because the child feels loved. The parents pointed out, oh, you did this wrong, honey. You know, this, what you did, he wasn't nice, but I love you and you are really worthy of my love. And that's okay. All of us make mistakes. I still love you, right? So the child thinks, well, I did something wrong. And, and my, my dad, my mom was really upset at me, was really mad. So I think that they are not loving me right now because I did this. So that means that I have something wrong. They cannot love me. 
So these are kind of reasons that children tend to feel ashamed and think that they are unworthy. Right. And there is everything you're naming, Claudio, so important is to really be in the mindset of what a child's dilemma is, is that their survival is essential that they make their caretakers, their parents happy. And so that there's really polarized thinking. At this point in the development of the brain, it's all or nothing. Either I am doing great and my my family, my parents are pleased with me, or I am not doing enough. And so we Mm -hmm. can see how early back this goes when the caretaker's face goes flat and the child And in this experiment, it's a baby. Primal intuition reaction is I'm going to do everything to get back online because I need my well-being emotionally and physically requires me to be attuned to you to make sure we are okay. So we Mm -hmm. still have that wiring, that wire and fire in our amygdala that children have a very powerful emotional reaction adverse reaction to shame. They can either get angry, big tantrums, or they can get shut down and very quiet, very subdued, very scared and fearful of, I just want this to get better. I don't want it to get worse. So I shouldn't do anything at all. So I'll hide until the coast is clear. Yes. You made a a really good point because you are pointing out to here the connection between shame and anger. So, so we, we are seeing here, like if we see a map of this thing, we see the primary thing is feeling disconnected, right? Like the basis of everything is coming, like I feel disconnected. And then I think, well, it's because I don't deserve. And then comes anger as a result of that. Anger is a way like first, protesting that I want to feel important to you and I want to feel close to you. But it also may be like, I cannot really deal with this because this is so painful. This shame and this feeling that I have, that I am unworthy of your love and your respect and of your attention, this is so so painful to me that I just wanted to stop. And it's sad because when the child or also the adult protests, what happens? Many times when children protest, their parents will see them as misbehaving, as being rebellious. And then they want to punish that. And then it's more shame because I feel disconnected from you. I feel unimportant to you. And I even don't have the right to tell you how I feel because when I try you dismiss my feelings and you even try to shut me out with your anger. So I have to keep this inside of me. And it shows really that I don't have a right to anything. I don't have a right to your love. I don't have a right to your attention. I don't have right the right to feel important to you. And I don't have the right to complain about that and protest my suffering and my pain. This causes so much pain and it just creates more anger because if my protest is not heard, I don't feel like my voice can be heard and you're not interested in listening. 
I feel even angrier. But now I have to bottle that anger inside because I'm afraid of you, because I might lose everything. I, I feel like I don't have much and I, I might even lose what I don't have, you know, and I'm going to be alone. And, and that is pretty hard. Right, Gladio. It's the reminders of evolution and how far back this goes is it was necessary for us to be a part of the tribe to protect ourselves from the dangers that existed at the very beginning of our world. And children starting out in their, in their beginning stages of relationship need to have a sense of safety and trust in their caretakers to take risks, emotional risks. And as Brene Brown's work really focused on vulnerability is to share something inside of me is happening that I want you so much to understand. This is my truth. Can you hold it? Is it worthy? And the answer is yes, it is always worthy. We are all worthy. We are all worthy of this gift of love that it is our birthright. We don't have to earn it. It is given to us just by being in existence. However, the magical thinking that's tied up and fused with transgenerational trauma as well an influence of culture is we don't talk about emotions. We talk about survival. We talk about what needs to get done in the house. We don't have time to do these things. And there was early expectation of children to be acting like adults, to be contributing to the family, to be hunting and gathering at an earlier age. And there can be this cultural mindset of stop crying. Mm -hmm. Don't be sad. You're taking up too much time to do these things. Shame on you, right? We know that expression that children are often, there's a micromanaging quality to scrutinizing what children are doing, which at this stage so early on is to play, to make mistakes, to be validated and to be reminded that they can do better. And you said something that is so important about vulnerability because one of the problems with shame as i was saying that if the child tries to open up but the child is blocked then what happens is that now the child gets a message well there's something wrong about my feelings and i would say that this is the shame of the shame because I am, I am feeling shame. I'm feeling unworthy. I'm feeling uh, not loved. And I'm, I want to protest that. And a child doesn't know how to put that in words. And, and the child protests with anger and making a fuss. And then the, the parent wants to block that because it seems like the child is rebellious and disrespectful. But the child is really protesting that I want to feel loved. I want to feel important. When the the parents blocks that what the child gets is, okay, there's something wrong about my feelings. There, there's something wrong about my need to feel respected, to feel loved, to feel important. My need of your attention, of your understanding. The child is so afraid of opening up, of being vulnerable, and it carries to the adulthood and it brings disconnection in relationships because now the adult 
who felt that could open his or her emotions that felt shut out or ashamed of their feelings, they will be afraid of showing up, right? They will be afraid of revealing their needs and, and their pain because it would sound like weak and they're afraid of being put down. It's so sad because what happens, many occasions, they will just be flat. They won't show anything. They will withdraw or they will come up with anger and attack, but they will not really open their heart to show their vulnerability. Right, friend. It's so important that we are dedicating our next few episodes of our podcast to emotions, because often in emotionally focused therapy, I've said this before, that couples, families, parents come to me and they say, Trisha, basically give, take your wand, make magic, make it all go away, make my relationship stronger, that we can be more happy. Give me tools, help me so that I don't have to feel the pain. I don't have to feel the sadness. I don't want to feel the shame. Mm-hmm. And that's the shame of the shame is that all these emotions are the gifts to connection, to vulner- vulnerability is the antidote to shame. That, that is what Dr. Brene Brown's work has, has done. The Atlas of the Heart is a book that just recently came out in 2021. So for those of you listening, I highly recommend for you to check it out because I'm going to give you some highlights to to the premise of the book. There are three pillars of shame. One is we all experience shame. It's universal. It's a primitive emotion shared by everyone. And it is a reminder of our capacity for human connection. And the second is it's not easy to talk about shame. Even mentioning the word can create so much emotion, create, Claudio, just as you were saying, it can evoke so much fear. And then the third pillar is talking about shame. Here's the antidote. Here's the exciting news, listeners, is that when you talk about shame, you are bringing a sense of control into your life. That control is your self-worth, giving you the strength that we can overcome our feelings. And when we say overcome, it doesn't mean get rid of our feelings, but it means having a loving relationship to our ourselves and moving forward with our lives to say, this is the human experience as we know it. We cannot outrid ourselves of emotions. Our children are not going to, or teenagers going through the pubescent changes of their bodies are absolutely going to have to go through their emotions. And when we're in a loving relationship with everyone in our lives, when we understand our emotions, it allows us the capacity of empathy. And we could talk probably hours Claudio about empathy, but empathy is the response that brings vulnerability is I understand that you're experiencing this. I have this too. I've experienced this too. And I want to know more. Could you say more? Would you like a hug? I'm not going to give you advice. I just want you to know. I'm so glad that you shared this with me. Yeah. So we want to invite our listeners to continue attuning to us. We have so much to say about emotions. And in our podcast, we are are going to say something more about shame and how it affects adult relationships, especially the relationship with our partner and also the beliefs associated with shame that sometimes we don't realize that we have, how it affects our behavior 
a lot to come. So everyone is invited to continue tuning in. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. We hope you'll join us soon again for our next episode of Thriving Your Love.